tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> We've done this before. Have we? We've had to, yeah. I remember this. I don't remember when this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to an all new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado, sitting next to the one, the only, Mr. J Tan. Way over on the other side. Way over there, it so is, I'm not really sitting next to him. It's just the two of us, no question. Georgia Moza is out cutting weight right now, and, uh, and getting ready for be. a serious fight. Mm-hmm. He's in the sauna. Yep. We locked him in there. <laughs> but we are here, just the two of us, talking about UFC Fight Night 71, Bisbing versus Latest in Glasgow. I just learned how to say you don't say the W. Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow. Glasgow. Was it 71 or 72? Glasgow. I have 72 on my notes here. Glasgow. My, mine says 71. No, I miswrote it. Oh, okay. As so usual. anyway, UFC Fight Night 71 in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, we had a pretty interesting night of fights. We had a really good strawweight fight between the ladies. Um, a long main event. Mm-hmm. Um, Tails Latest versus Michael Bisping. We will go over that later. And some pretty entertaining preliminary fights. Yeah. The, the hits keep on rolling here. Coming off of what I think... Uh, Three, three or four events in a week or in eight days. You know, starting of course with uh, uh, UFC 189, mm-hmm. McGregor and Mendez, and then we had Ultimate Fighter. Well, I mean Wednesday we talked about the uh, uh, the San Diego Fight Night. Yeah, and and now we got this one, and we still got two weeks to go. We have UFC on Fox. Burrell versus Dillashaw for the featherweight title Which next I week. am really, really excited for if you guys wanted to know. That should be a, a fun show. That's going to be a good one. And then uh, finally ending, we'll, we'll get a little bit of a break after and UFC then, 190. Rowdy! Ronda! Rousey. Not bad. Or as they're going to say in Brazil, Howdy! Honda! Howdy! Yeah? Yeah. Versus, obviously. Yeah! Yep. That is what we, we are will still have. in the middle of this fight night and nonstop of a UFC event craziness three. here. As, as as Booker T would say, three time, three time, three time. Yeah, three minutes, <laughs> 20 seconds, and you brought in the pro wrestling <laughs> reference. That's got to be a record, especially for you. It is a new me. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, three times in one week, guys. Three UFC events in one week. I think this might be a record for us here on AfterBuzz. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph Boza. Our number one, number one fan out there. Um, let's start at the bottom of the preliminary card. Excuse my pronunciations. I'm warning you now. But let's go over. It. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I say that, that means I could screw them up as bad as I want. And no, I, it doesn't. I've already you covered think it does. the ground. I've laid the ground rule. I've Nuh-uh. laid the ground rule that I cannot pronounce you st- Daniel 
Omalanchuk. Omalanchuk. I got it. Mm-hmm. Versus Chris De La Rocha. Daniel won via TKO in round one. Next, we have Marcus the Bama Beast, the Bama Beast, Brimage versus Jimmy Rivera. Rivera took it via TKO in round one. Starting off the night, guys, with two TKOs in round one. Yeah. If if there's not another reason, if we haven't already given you enough reasons to go get Fight Pass for $9.99 at UFC.com, uh, you got two fantastic real quick finishes for, for this event. And you can finish those very easily. Actually, in, in less than half of a round, you can check out the wow. Fight Pass preliminary uh, matches for this show and then go and explore the rest of Fight Pass. Talk about getting your money's worth for only $9.99 a month. I like <laughs> it. Next we have on the prelims on Fox Sports, Rob the Hammer Whitford versus Paul Redzer Redman. Rob won via KO in round one. Next, we have Michael Ragnar Lebeau. Is it Lebeau, I think? Lebeau. Lebeau. He is French. French, you leave that T out. Um, Versus Timu Pakalin. Lebeau won via unanimous decision. Next on the fight card, we have Lear. Ilir. Ilir Latifi versus Hans Stringer. Latifi won via KO in round one. Another knockout. I'm liking the sound of this card so far. Then we have Patty, the hooligan, Holohan versus Vaughn Lee. Holohan won via decision, 30-27 all around. Next, on going on to the main card, we have Stevie Braveheart Ray versus Leandro Mafra. Stevie Ray wins via TKO in round one. Uh, then we have Leon Rocky Edwards versus Paul Palak. Edwards won via unanimous decision, 30-27 all around. On to the main main card, as I like to call it. I just coined that phrase right now. Nice. Joanne Jojo Calderwood versus Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey making her UFC debut on short notice. I give her credit for that. Jojo won via unanimous decision, although this was the fight of the night bonus. Congratulations, ladies. Then we had Joseph Irish Duffy versus Ivan George. Joe Duffy via triangle in round one. Ross, the real Joe Pearson versus Evan Dunham. Evan Dunham takes the win via unanimous decision. I can hear myself. Stop watching me, George. Uh, oh, I just called you George. <laughs> Flubs galore there. Uh, I'm just tracking the. Uh, I'm, I'm tracking uh-huh. the YouTube chat room here. He wasn't waiting close for enough Joe Bozzi to show there up on the table. He needed to get along. <laughs> anyway, the main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, Michael the Count Bisbing versus Tails Latest, and Bisbing won via you. Oh, split decision. We had a split decision. That's right. The yep. first and the only on the card. Good catch there. Uh, Bisbing, 48-47 oh, latest, 49-46. Bisbing, 48-47. Bisbing. I will no, let latest, you know. Latest was the 48-47. Uh, one judge gave it the latest, 48-47. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not what I said? I said that in my head. 49-46 mm-hmm. was, uh, was in favor of Bisbing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll tell you later on what my opinion of that match was. But first, let's start at the bottom of the main card. Jay, what did you think of Stevie Braveheart Ray versus Leandro Mafra? Good match. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking here at the uh, at the the whole thing overall. I mean, this is the first time into Scotland, as, as we said. And with that, you typically get... Um, you typically get ex- exciting cards, mm-hmm. um, and this certainly delivered, especially in the uh, in the prelims. You had uh, uh, I see, count six six prelim matches uh, of that. Two of them went to decision, and and were exciting unto themselves. Mm-hmm. You know the um, Patty Holhan and Von Lee, uh, Mikhail Labut and Timu Pakalin. 
Um, I think I said to you when we heard the crowd cheering, I was like, this sounds a lot like the Irish crowd. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. um, emotional, passionate crowd. Sure. I love going into new territories and hearing that the fans are you know, ecstatic about it. You know, yeah. it's really cool finding another country that we can host these big shows in. The more, as the years go on, as the months uh, go by here, mm-hmm. as the UFC continues to expand, um, fans in territories that haven't had a UFC yet are more educated. So by the time that you get there, it's it's much more of an educated crowd. Um, they're more fun to, to fight in front of, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, and, and they just, yeah, they, they feed to... The, the event itself, uh, you know, much better than, than than in the past when you would I go agree. to places that were just kind of on the kick his ass, he best kind of mentality. Right. Not that you get that overseas very often. You really <laughs> don't with the UFC. I mean, nowadays our fans are so educated. We get mm-hmm. tweets about it. We get uh, in our chat roll about it. They're so educated about the sport mm-hmm. that it's really encouraging the sport to grow. Yeah, people are debating strategies and, and right. fighter skills, skill sets as they compare to each other and stuff. So... Having said that, you know, overall, my, my thoughts on this show, um, obviously it was a great crowd mm-hmm. and uh, quite a few matches delivered. You know, we, I, I guess you can say that they got, everyone got bang for their buck, you know, in, with the main card, uh, with with more decisions. You certainly got your number of rounds in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was some, there was some hot action uh, underneath. To get back to you, uh, we were talking about, which one was it? Stevie Ray and Leandro Mafra. Stevie Ray and Leandro Mafra. Um yeah, fast one there, Stevie Ray, uh, who's um, Scott, one of the one of the four Scots that went. Uh, I think the Scots went unanimously or not unanimous, undefeated here. I counted uh, four four for four. Yes, tonight and Stevie Ray was uh, was one of those. Um, trains originally with the the Dinky Ninjas. Is that not the coolest fight team name? That is the... I, why I borderline hasn't anybody wanna, thought of that till now? I borderline want to emigrate to Scotland and lose like 30 to 50 pounds to start fight training just uh-huh. to be part of the Dinky Ninjas. But then that 30 to 50 pounds, that's a lot of work. You, hey, I'm not going to do they that. They are the Dinky Ninjas. You might be able to keep your weight. <laughs> they, no, I would have to be. I would have to lose weight to become Dinky, dinky as a ninja. that's true. Otherwise, I'm going to be like the slothful ninja there. Um, but he, he's been training with uh, TriStar, and um, in, in um, excuse me, Montreal. Much mm. less stinky of a gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. By the name, um, you know, Stevie landed several kicks early on. They were kind of uh, feeling each other out. Um, landed a right hook, wobbled Mafra. That was uh, the kind of the uh, the blitz that started it. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the finish just the finish was delayed, shall we say? Um, Stevie lands that uh, that right hook. And wobbled Mafra, and then just continued to to pound on him, chased after him with uh, flurries. Uh, eventually, did drop him uh, with a left. Uh, you know, Mafra kind of fell back to, towards the cage, and uh, and Stevie Ray jumped on him and mm-hmm. was throwing rights until referee Mark Goddard, Mark Goddard stepped in. Um, I believe he was coming through. Yeah, Stevie Ray and Joseph Duffy got uh, performance bonuses for their part. Joseph Duffy, of course. Very interestingly enough, the last guy to beat Mr. Conor McGregor. Yes. Which is something that you actually don't really hear too many people, uh, at least the, the UFC broadcasts, talking about yet, right? You don't, but I think it might be the buzz this week because Joe Duffy is one of those guys that is a little unorthodox when he fights. And I could kind of mm-hmm. see how he would be a hard matchup to fight against. And he mm-hmm. certainly proved tonight that he's not only unorthodox, but... He can, what did you think specifically about this Joseph, style? His his kind of bouncing around and throw, throwing mm. like 
none of his strikes were were sharp and to the point. They right. were kind of lobs. He was very he was fluid accurate. and bouncy, wasn't he? Yeah, like I and I've seen guys like that in various gyms that I've trained at, and I and I've gone, how does this guy do in a fight? And then I watch hmm. him fight, and usually they do pretty well mm-hmm. because they have so much movement. It mm-hmm. either works to their benefit or, or against them. In this case, for Joseph Duffy, it worked in his favor. You know, mm-hmm. he has the right kind of movement. Although mm-hmm. it's kind of all over the place, I think he still has some technique there and he still knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And th- like I said, those lobby punches, you never know which way he's going because his head's moving so fast. He's, he's moving back and forth so much that mm-hmm. you never know where the punches are going to land. Right. And in that, he, he's a great striker. Right. Uh, Ivan George was able to connect with him. He grabbed the clinch and, you know, was able to land some knees in the clinch. Um, mm-hmm. So he was at least able to to catch up to him, but yeah, I felt that the 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 Ivan George advantage in this fight was going to be the close range boxing mm-hmm. because obviously Joseph Duffy, Duffy likes to play the outside. He has longer reach than mm-hmm. Ivan George. Ivan George was clearly the guy that needed to get in, get the clinch, and work. He was some stronger. Yeah, and the stronger. I mean, imagine yeah. if he implemented some uh, uh, some uppercuts into that clinch game too. But then he tried to take the fight to the ground, and Joseph Duffy immediately pulled guard mm-hmm. got the triangle and finished him so right. his, and you could tell the way that he pulled that triangle he has slick jujitsu yeah he has a lot of finishes via i believe he's as well. uh he's ranked as uh i think he's got his uh black belt here yeah you, I'd have you to double tell. check but yeah um but let's go back to leon edwards and powell pollock mm-hmm. we skipped over them um so edwards won via unanimous decision 30 27 all around uh, Edwards really controlled this entire fight. There wasn't a moment in the fight where I was like, oh, watch out for yeah. Edwards. Um, Paul kind of seemed like almost timid coming into the fight, and I feel like that played a part of his entire performance. Like the whole time, Paul always seemed like he was on the defense. Mm-hmm. I never saw him engage besides when he would like blitzkrieg in, but it didn't seem effective. He had his back against the cage a lot of the time. Yeah. And especially with a guy like that with such. Uh, you know, a, a lankier physique mm-hmm. um, kind of stunts your your movement and ability. I mean, you've got that, you've got the cage right there to the back of you, and you can't, I mean, I suppose you can bound off it, you know, mm-hmm. like a Superman punch or something, but um, a guy like that really needs to, to keep it more uh, more in the center of the cage, right? Yeah, definitely. A guy like Paul Pollock, like, if you know that maybe that's your weakness, that you mm-hmm. do get crowded, and when you get crowded, you're not good in close quarters get off the cage um you know for example i'm more of a distance fighter mm-hmm. so i like to keep my back off the cage because i know that when my back is on the cage i might be in more trouble than others exactly yeah. so it's just a strategic thing prevents you from using your full arsenal exactly and knowing that leon edwards is really good in the clinch that's mm-hmm. even more the reason to keep your back off the cage yeah yeah the, this one was pretty uh, pretty academic i didn't there wasn't really too much debate in any of the rounds no it um, was a clear was winner it, 20, 30, 27 across the board. Edwards with that uh, that head kick in the third round. Oh, how, how he that? did not finish that fight right. is beyond me. I mean, I, Edwards, you're a great fighter, but how he had him. He was stunned. He was down. He was done. There was actually one point where I actually thought the ref should have stopped it. Mm-hmm. But I could see how he won it. You know, it was debatable for sure. He wasn't. It didn't seem like uh, Pollock was knocked out at any point, but... He was dropped with a head kick, fell backwards. Edwards was on him with some ground and pound. Right. Um, but Pollock, 
was was able to at least, I don't know what it was because I was expecting a stoppage there. You know, I yeah. thought he took several strikes that went unanswered, and I expected uh, Leon Roberts to jump in. But I think it was that moment where it was like just just hit him once more, one more good, <laughs> one more good strike would have stopped that <laughs> do fight. Do it again, do yeah. it again. I, I I've had a fight like that where I'm like wait 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 wait. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's God, true. What movie I mean, was that one from? I'm trying to... Uh, oh, oh, I... Well, House Party. Okay. House Party. Force MDs versus Kid at lunch hour. And they're beating him up for his... Uh, for spilling his milk. That's what it was. You're like that that guy from Knocked Up that tells you at what part of the movie you can see a certain <laughs> thing. Well, not Celebrity boob? Boob. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. I'm, I'm like I was going to let people get the reference, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. I didn't get the reference for a half second. Oh, but then you did? <laughs> but I got my house party reference. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Go figure. <laughs> he only gets his own references. Um, but anyway, so Edwards obviously controlling the entire fight. Like mm-hmm. I said, Powell Pollock. He didn't impress me. He was playing the outside the entire time. And I honestly, just coming from the perspective of a fighter, I think he lost this game more mentally than he did physically. Because mm-hmm. like I said, he came into the fight backing up already. And I think it just, it was like a whirlwind of the same thing continuing to happen throughout the, the rounds. Powell has come in, um, you know, we've talked about, in, in the past we've talked about the UFC as they go into markets. Um, of course, they're going to be signing fighters for local, um, you know, the local region. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that we may see, that may be it in terms of when we see Powell Pollock um, regionally, I mean to say. I don't think that he's done yet. But looking at his record here, he came in with a huge win streak. He was 10-0 and when he was signed in, uh, wow. um, right at the end of 2013. Has gone, uh, he is 2-1 and right now uh, in UFC action. Losses to a unit, well, actually, unanimous losses across the board. Well, unanimous decisions, excuse me. Lost to Peter Sobata in 2014. Um, 2015, he's fought twice, a win over Sheldon Westcott, um, and then, of course, the Leon Roberts one. So, mm-hmm. um, this may be a, a situation where we'll see these guys. Obviously, if they, um, if they, if they w- rack up a string of wins mm-hmm. in Europe, I think we will we'll see them stay there for a while. I think Claudia uh, Gadea Gadea and and um, who am I thinking of our, our champ? Joanna and Jacek. Joanna and Jacek. I don't think that we'll necessarily see them fighting in the U.S. anytime soon. Um, is especially really Joanna. Joanna, I mean more as a case in point. Why? Because she has star value there in Europe. She possibly would have some star value here, but I think more so she's more valuable in Europe. It totally makes sense. I mean, when think about it. When you have fights in places like Ireland, Scotland, all mm-hmm. these new territories, or fairly new, I should say, you want to put your stars there. And who are your stars? You want to put the regional stars there. Of course. That connect with Conor the McGregor, demographics. Joanna and Jacek. Well, Conor's a different... Uh, a different. He's an anomaly to this He thing. appeals all around. That's, that's a very true That thing. and also I think they saw superstardom and brought him over here. I mean, that's why he's living in Vegas for now. But... Right, My, but w- wouldn't it be a good idea, or if you take people like Joanna and Jacek over there, and they do become regional stars, but then their stardom spreads to the U.S., that's when you bring them over. Yeah, and possibly start- so. Yeah, I do. But what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. they're growing the uh, they're growing the European roster, as it were, which I think is going to essentially be different than the U.S. roster. Mm-hmm. This is my point. Paul Pollack here, uh, one and two in Europe. Uh-huh. Um, I think we'll see him. Probably as one of the one of the mainstays in Europe, we won't necessarily see him uh, over here. He's fought in Germany, he's fought in Poland, he's fought in the UK. That's his UFC roster, 
And, right. Yeah, one and two, you know, I think they'll they'll keep him over there for a while. So I don't think that we'll necessarily see him uh, breaking into the. I see what you're two. saying because yeah. there are there aren't a huge amount of guys over there compared to all the U.S. guys that we have. Why not keep the ones that have already that and also there's made just, their name? Yeah, and there's just that much more. Uh, relevancy to the market over there as yeah as a European as opposed to bringing them over here when there's going to be less Europeans that are going to rally behind him and buy tickets and stuff Connor is Connor is an anomaly to all that Mm -hmm. Claudia um, Claudia I think is falls into this category as well although granted we've we've talked about how much she's really come out of her shell and you know has has a larger persona which i think she's probably studied from the likes of of connor and seen okay this is how it works and this is what gets you over joanna yes joanna yeah this is what gets you overseas um but you know in the case of the rank and file of these guys and i don't mean that uh, disparagingly to to paulo pollock by mm-hmm. any means but a lot of these guys are going to be people that we see on these european fight cards and not um you know not come over here but i i, I think Paolo Pollock, we'll see him. We'll continue to see him in the UFC. You know, unless, I mean, it's it'll be good if he uh, if he can finish a fight before too long. Yeah, I think that's that's an important thing that we talk about a lot. Is that when you are new to the UFC, I think there's one thing that we've seen over the years that Dana White likes, and that is putting on a show. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, win, lose, or draw. I mean, you look at guys like Chael Sonnen. You look at guys that don't have the largest winning streaks. But since they're such a character and they can put butts in the seat and they can talk their talk and walk the walk, mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. So I think something to learn here, um, this is a perfect example, is build a brand for yourself. You know, build build a character for yourself. Build a brand. Uh, be a Conor McGregor. Be a Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll stay longer. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Like, or Courtney Sanchez, perfect example. She made her UFC debut uh, against uh, Joanne Calderwood. Mm-hmm. You know, a last-minute fight. I mean, Courtney, uh, Courtney Casey. Oh, I'm sorry. Courtney Casey Sanchez. Yeah, Courtney Excuse Casey me. Sanchez. Um, but she made her UFC debut against JoJo Calderwood, mm-hmm. which she easily could have came in, played it safe, gone the three, di- gone the distance with her, you know, whatever. Well, she did. She did go the distance. But she came in swinging, guns a-blazing, mm-hmm. threw a flying triangle or flying armbar on JoJo, mm-hmm. and didn't give up. She was... A, a warrior throughout this entire fight and yeah. I think guys like Dana White look at that and say oh she might have lost but we're keeping this one around because oh, yeah. she yeah. goes out there and she performs but that's the thing is they're gonna stay out there I mean I was just looking uh-huh. up Rocky Edwards I'm sorry yeah Rocky Edwards Leon Edwards as well uh, also three matches of the UFC Brazil Poland Scotland granted they brought him over to Brazil mm-hmm. uh, to face Claudio Silva lost uh, a split decision in that one but um you know, he, he's going to be another one that they keep to build up the European roster. As opposed to building everybody up and, and making everybody, trying to fit everybody into the top 10, top 15. You know I what get I mean? what you're saying. And taking them all over the world, yeah. Right. You, uh, ha- you have your European stars, then you have your Brazilian stars, then you have, have your, your Asian stars. Asian stars, absolutely. Exactly. And I think that builds for a cool kind of mm-hmm. demographic for the UFC because it's like, oh, I, I'm a big fan of UFC Europe. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I love their European Mm-hmm. Yeah, section, yeah. whatever it is. I think it. I think it makes a cool thing going on there. So well, it also we're helps talking, to sell tickets too. Yeah, that's the thing. And have all stacked fight cards mm-hmm. around the world, whether it be in Asia, whether it be in, you know, Europe or wherever it is. Let's talk about JoJo and Courtney uh, Casey Let's Sanchez. Let's talk about it. This was fight of the night. Oh, 
I love it when the ladies get fight of the night. <laughs> yes, you do. I do, because that means our sport is growing. That means we're doing something right, and we are trying our asses off mm-hmm. to get these spots. I mean, we're getting farther up on the fight cards as we go. And Women I love are taking it. the spotlight. Let's do it, It's ladies. that whole, uh, we can do it thing, we right? Can what do is, it. You know that uh, uh, yeah, image I'm talking about? Yeah, it's... Um, Women's it, rights or... Uh, it the, I love Lucy. Isn't it Lucy? It's not Lucy. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just set everything back like 50 years now. Get back in the kitchen. Take off your shoes and make me a meatloaf. Liz it Lucy. Really? Meatloaf? Out of all things? You, that's what you want? In the 50s, I think that's what they ate was meatloaf. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Meat and potatoes. I get it. Um, anyway... JoJo Calderwood versus Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey took this fight, I think, on like two weeks' notice. She was like, no problem. I'm in good shape. She made no excuses. She said, I'm ready for this. We Can Do It is an American wartime propaganda poster produced by J. Howard Miller in 1943 for Westinghouse Electric as an inspirational image to boost worker morale. Doesn't that look like Lucy? No, it doesn't look like Lucy. Plus, she's a brunette there. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, usually she's a blonde. (laughs) It hasn't changed Talk about your women. Anyway, back to my <laughs> ladies. Uh, we'll pretend that didn't happen. Um, JoJo took the was originally supposed to fight Beck Rawlings, mm-hmm. which would have been awesome. I was really anticipating that, but whatever Beck Rawlings fell out, Courtney Casey Sanchez came in. She was four and one prior to this, zero and zero in the UFC, and Courtney comes out of the gate blazing. Arms are swinging, rocks JoJo. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, is this going to end right here and now? Is this how it's going to go down? Well, not only was I wrong, but I was very wrong. This drug on for a three-round war, guys. Um, JoJo Calderwood was having her way with Courtney Casey Sanchez. She was doing whatever she wanted to do with this girl. I mean, and not to say that Courtney wasn't putting up a good fight, but just to show you how dominant JoJo was and how strong she looked, I think that's an important note there. She looked significantly stronger than her opponent. She was really controlling the clinch well, dragging her down, tripping her when she wanted. Then she would get back up, stand and say, make her stand. She did that continuously. That was the thing when... Uh, when JoJo got uh, got Courtney to the ground, uh-huh. um, that <coughs> excuse me, apologize. Um, you know, she, she did kind of drag her to the ground and and really imposed. I think she really uh, displaced her her weight on on Courtney very well mm-hmm. as, as well. Was able to uh, to control her from top on bottom. Um, and and by that point, I think she had, it just seemed like she kind of wore out Courtney, um, and and she didn't have enough in in the tank really to. To keep up. And that's when right. when JoJo kind of pulled ahead there. Yeah. And JoJo has such a good combination of technical striking, but at the same time, putting her power behind it. Mm-hmm. She was technical, but she knew when to throw those looping punches. She knew when to put it all out there. And she was landing and landing and landing. But to be fair, Courtney and her got in a couple exchanges where I was like, oh, oh, who's going to get knocked out first? Because they were mm-hmm. really just hitting each other it was like rock'em sock'em robots it was kind of like uh, mere um mere duffy but for three rounds but right? for way longer exactly <laughs> very similar to mere duffy with a lot less weight behind it which may have been why it lasted three rounds rather than three seconds <laughs> um but certainly an entertaining fight so congratulations for that fight of the night bonus now we talked briefly about joseph duffy and ivan george but let's mm-hmm. go, go over it again um joseph duffy like i said super unorthodox but really landing his strikes well, really putting his combinations together well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the stronger fighter in this fight overall. Yeah. 
Let's step back a second. Let's talk about uh, spend a little more time on JoJo here. I'm sure. Looking at the ranking, she's number nine. Number nine. Uh, which Twitter people were tweeting saying they didn't think she should be number nine. They said that ranking was BS. What are they? Um, what were I they think saying? it was fellow strawweights. It, it was. Uh, I think it was might have been Beck and um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the other ladies, kind of saying that her ranking wasn't legitimate. That her first fight in the UFC wasn't legitimate. Who'd she fight last? First fight in the UFC was uh, she lost. Um, no, Suhi Kim. Suhi Kim. Suhi Ham. Excuse me. Uh, uh, that was on the finale. Saying that Suhi Ham wasn't really a hard opponent. She they was were a last minute replacement. Last minute replacement as well, and they were just kind of saying she doesn't. She hasn't proved her ranking. She doesn't deserve to be number nine. Mm. Well, I do not see Ms. Rawlings in the ranking here, unless I'm wrong. No, I'm not. Well, that's probably why she was saying that. That's probably yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But so, she, anything, she proved to me mm-hmm. this weekend, she deserves to be up there. Let me read a couple of yeah. them here. Um, she lost, uh, previous to this, she lost to uh, Marina Moroz at number seven. Paige Van Zandt is number eight. Then JoJo is number nine. Below that, Felice Herrig at number 10. Juliana Lima at 11. Michelle Waterston. Uh, Waterston, excuse me, at number 12. She is only at number 12 because she just... Popped in the in the UFC right. octagon. I can tell you guys right Had now, a she's great win not going to stay there for long. Over uh, your your highness, the Majesty Angela Magana. Yeah. Uh, was it last week or so? Yeah. So I'm just wondering that I'm, I'm not quite sure about the rest of these ladies and, and their bookings, but that one kind of makes sense to me. Who? Uh, Michelle Jojo, and Jojo, Jojo versus Michelle. Yeah. Okay. This is what Jojo is right now, to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jojo is that platform of. Where this division has a, has a separation, JoJo hmm. is that stepping stone to get to that next level, and it makes sense because she's ranked number nine. She's probably going to go a little higher after this fight. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it makes sense that if you beat JoJo, you now step in to that elite group of nine women right. that are unstoppable. Okay. And Marina so, Moroz is that she's at number seven. But mm-hmm. for for JoJo, uh, what do you what do you think you do? Give her. Michelle Waterson. Michelle Water. Okay, that's yeah. kind of. I'm thinking it's a great. It's a. It's a very fun fight, and she's at number yeah. twelve. It's a bit more of a benefit for Michelle than it is for JoJo, but. But it's not though because, this is how you look at it. Mm-hmm. This is how I look at it. Michelle Waterson has, legitimacy beyond legitimacy from other organizations. She was the Invicta, Invicta champ. champion. Uh-huh. She ruled all. The, I mean, thirteen me- and four versus JoJo's ten and one. Correct so- me if I'm wrong. Read off. Uh, Michelle Waterson's last couple fights. All right. I'm pretty sure she beat some of our girls that are sitting here. If the internet signal were, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Slow computer. Uh, let's see. It's got. Uh, and uh, interesting. This doesn't make sense. Strike Force 2008. I'll have to look up her sure dog. Uh, she beat Tyra Parker, then Jessica Penne in 2013. Right. And then Angela Magana. That cannot be it that cannot be the uh unless unless that was time that she took off to have uh have a, a child i think she has a daughter I yeah i think she did take some time off but i didn't i was looking for the jessica penne one because i was pretty sure that she had beaten jessica penne and that speaks volumes because where's jessica penne ranked right now she's up there somewhere yeah jessica is number uh three Okay. Just below Rose. So Jessica Penne is ranked number three. 
mm-hmm. in the strawweight division. She got beat by Michelle Waters. Not to say that Jessica Penne didn't get better. Michelle Waterson took some time off and maybe isn't as great. But I'm just saying Michelle Waterson is going to be a dominant force in this oh, she's weight class. A buttload since of course she did. Yeah. Um, going backwards, win with uh, win over Angela Magana. Um, that was her UFC debut. Then uh-huh. Invicta, she lost to Harika Tiburcio. Okay. Uh, wins over Yasuko Tamada, Jessica Penne, Lacey Shookman, Diana Rail. Uh, by that point, that's in uh, Greg Jackson's MMA series. That was in 2012. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she went three. I'm um, yeah three and one in Invicta. Michelle Watterson did right. Um, yeah, she, I mean she's got some. Uh, She's got some legitimate names under her belt for I sure. Just, I just can't get over this strawweight division. Every time you think, like, coming off the it Ultimate Fighter. It mixes up a lot based on every does. match, right? Well, coming off the Ultimate Fighter, we had our, our obvious standouts. You know, mm-hmm. we had Jessica Penne and we had Carla Esparza. Mm-hmm. We had Rose Namajunas. We had JoJo Calderwood. We were like, wow, these four girls are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the UFC and we run smack dab into Claudia Gadea and Joanna and Jacek. And we go, oh, crap, there's two more. Right, yes. Then we think we have established a top 15 and we run smack dab into Michelle Wooderson. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this weight class is a crazy weight class to be a part of. What do you think about Rosie the Riveter? <laughs> Rosie the Riveter. How about her in the strawweight division? Rosie the Riveter. Uh-huh. In the strawweight division. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm trying to like screw. <laughs> we have we have a reference in the chat room finally. Uh somebody mentioning Rosie the Riveter. I just wanted to see if see your response. I, I don't know. Me neither, quite frankly. <laughs> We're not talking about Rose Namajunas. I'm just saying that. I was like, is that Our Rose chat room Namajunas? is alive, finally. Woo! <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't getting that. I was like, uh, is this a fighter? I'm pretty sure I know all of them. <laughs> but anyway, um, my point is, this division is going to be insane. I promise you guys, this mm-hmm. is going to be a crazy weight class. And probably the one, I'm, I'm going to put this out there, one of the most talented weight classes in the UFC. One of, not saying the most, but one of the most competitive weight classes. It has so many standout stars mm-hmm. opposed to the other weight classes that have a Ronda Rousey, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, TJ Dillashaw. This one has a lot, I'm just saying. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. We've yep. been talking about the ladies too long. Uh, we already talked about Joseph Duffy and Ivan George. Let's go to Ross the Real Joe Pearson versus Evan Dunham. Mm-hmm. Dunham wins via unanimous decision. Again, not a whole lot to debate on this one, unfortunately. Um... Evan Dunham really used his wrestling well. Um, Amazing. You know, I, I, I don't want to sound... I feel like we're uh, not giving a fair uh, a fair knock to... Um, it's become... It's cliche. And I'm, I'm, I keep waiting for us to turn the corner... Almost. ...of saying that British MMA doesn't have wrestling. We've been saying that for a long time. And, okay. and there still is this established... I think the Brits may never be able really to catch up in terms of wrestling skill to America. Just because wrestling is so prevalent in American culture here. Not the case in the UK. I mean, it's just but, based on statistics, you know? It's just based on our history, our nation. That's what we yeah, well, it's, put in our high schools. They yeah, don't. Exactly. That, that's my point, yeah. Um, and also, American football. They're never going to be as good at it as, as we are. Right. However, there's a lot of things. Rugby. Soccer. Uh, yep. Real football, as, as they would say. That they that excel at. <laughs> we're not, yeah, they excel far more than we do. So I, I feel like it's unfair to, to kind of make that point, even though I kind of did for a couple of minutes there. But mm-hmm. uh, um, it really was the takedowns that uh, 
that Evan Dunnan was having his way with Ross Pearson. Yeah, Ross Pearson is a guy that has really good boxing. Mm-hmm. He's really good on the well, inside. He's been around for a while. I mean, let's not disparage mm-hmm. that his um you know, he's a, he's a full-fledged MMA fighter. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But what I was going to say is mm-hmm. that he usually likes to get inside. And I think getting inside on a guy like Evan Dunham that has such good takedown, such good ground game, and to be honest, his cage work is amazing. He's really good at grinding guys out, mm-hmm. making you tired, and making you kind of helpless up against the cage. So when you go in and try to dirty box, it, it kind of ties you up. Hard to do when you're when it's against a guy that wants to get his hands exactly. on you, right? Exactly. So I think it kind of took some of Ross Pearson's ammo away from him. And Jeez, is he really still only a blue belt in jiu-jitsu? Who? Ross Pearson? Really? Hmm. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone doesn't have a belt, but he's Cowboy True. Cerrone. Fair enough. Nowadays, jiu-jitsu's evolving, guys. It's not so much about... I mean, I encourage gi jiu-jitsu to all you kids out there. But <laughs> it's not always about that anymore. We have Eddie Bravo with his kind of, you know, casual no-gi system. He still has belts, though. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm saying a lot of guys just train MMA now mm-hmm. it's like what do you train MMA oh but what martial arts do you train I just go to MMA class you know that exists and I now. study my components exactly boxing kickboxing mm-hmm. grappling uh yeah it was um would you think we we see uh I'm uh-huh. looking at the notes here man he had uh, Dunham had that body lock with a rear naked choke that he turned into what was that weird oh. triangle arm, arm bar, bar. Oh my God! That I I was looking at Jay going. Oh, I can't watch it. You can watch, watch it, and I was trying I to was get you to. So, yes, you are. You're like, oh look, and I was it like, fell oh, off. Oh, oh. That you didn't did quite work, it did off. it? No, it didn't work. <laughs> um, he had a he had his back for a while, and he had him in a body triangle. And what I said to you is that mm-hmm. when a guy usually locks up a body triangle, unless it's like super super tight, it's easier to turn around into his guard that way. Right. Whereas when you just but have that was hook, that looked pretty it tight. It looked pretty tight. But when you have the hooks in, you know, you can't turn around because then he's just going to reverse it on you or push out into butterfly and then, mm-hmm. you're, then you're done. But um, he was in that body triangle for so long, fighting for the rear naked, fighting, couldn't find it. Smart as he is, kind of transitioned over his head to like an armbar. Right. He kind of, he had the triangle hold on it at first, but it was just an armbar from mount is what it looked like. And he was cranking on it. Like there were like six times where you could have tapped reasonably mm-hmm. and there was like one time where the ref totally could have called it just based on the extension of the arm in my opinion but thank god the ref did a great job of letting it go because ross pearson was not done he did survive he got back up and yeah the fight went on yeah i was shocked to be honest yeah i mean it's it, i didn't it's, think it was gonna go past that arm bar really no i thought that was it once ross got out of that i i figured i mean they were still uh, he got up and I didn't really see Brian Stan made a note of this, but I didn't see it necessarily um, about his his arm looking like his arm was still hurting. He um, didn't. He didn't look to me like he had any signs. Didn't of look to of me at all either. Yeah. Um, that being said, when the adrenaline wears off, I'm sure he's going to feel it tomorrow. But he, or today rather. Or, or today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but he he looked fine. Yeah. I was like, wow. Dunham was sticky on on uh, on perfect on, word on Pearson here. Um, the second round got a low takedown and, you know, stacked up Pearson who was throwing in a lot of uh, ground and pound. Um, stayed on his back and, and kept the body lock. I gave, I might have even given a 10-8. Uh, I, I thought the second round could have been a 10-8 in that it was so dominant on Pearson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearson didn't really have that much offense or even answers to the puzzle that Dunham was giving him. Yeah. Um, I think, though, it, it, it's not like he was 
close to finishing Pearson at any point in that second round. This is but, what I, I think a 10-8 is. Yeah. Um, there's two things. There's one which would refer to this fight specifically. When you when the other guy is 100% every second of the round on defense. When mm-hmm. there's not one moment where the guy is offensive. And right. that was this. That is a 10-8 round in my opinion because th- there was never a point where he controlled the fight. It was always him defending, 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 defending. That means you're doing something wrong, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then the other 10-8 round I give it is when there's like multiple moments in the fight where you almost finish the guy. Right. That sure. to me is another 10-8 round. So this would, I agree with you, 10-8. Yeah. Third round, though, uh, Pearson was defending the takedown better. That was mm-hmm. uh, my big note for that one. But by that point, the damage was pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, congratulations, Donald. You looked amazing. I think the best we've maybe ever seen him. He wins via unanimous decision. And then we go on to the main event of the evening. Michael the Count Bisbing versus Tails Latest. Uh, Michael Bisbing ranked number 10. Tails Latest ranked number 9. Uh, latest looked really good in this now this was a split decision guys i'm going to go on record right here on AfterBuzz tv ufc and say i would have given it to tails latest did you i Scored did it for latest i did because um if you know my style of fighting and you know my style of critiquing what you do jay um i like action mm-hmm. i like aggressiveness right i like offense 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 all the time mm-hmm. michael bisbing was elusive as as i'll mm-hmm. say and he was he, he was smart he was very technical mm-hmm. and he ha- had good strikes once in a while. He was kind of like picking and choosing when he would shoot. And he looked great. But Tails Latest, when he hit Michael Bisping, he meant it. He hit him hard and he did more damage. So, based on damage done and effective strikes landed, mm-hmm. I give it to Tails Latest. I, um, I'm going to go back and, and score it again because it was so close. Uh-huh. I, I gave Latest the first two rounds. Uh, and Bisping, I thought uh, Bisping, I gave the fourth. Uh, actually, I gave latest the third as well. So I guess that kind of uh, in, indicates it, you know. Puts um, you on. My yeah, side. yeah. The third was um, I, I went a little bit back and forth, but Bisping did land some really good strikes in there. Um, it's it's tough because, like you said, you know, there's aggression, but then there's also damage, which is supposed to be a higher uh, higher criteria, a more relevant criteria. Right. And. You know, it's when when you're trying to record or or measure damage in a fight. One of the first things, of course, is the bruising on the body. You know, or opening up if there's cuts on the face, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's a complicated thing unto itself because some guys will open up on their face easier easier. than other guys will. Exactly. Yeah. Diaz brothers with tons of scar tissue damage on their eyebrows and stuff like that. And and the same thing with bruising. You know, if you land, uh, if you land at the right place and you burst you know i I believe a a blood vessel or something in the body it'll discolor and that will uh you know that will look like serious damage Mm -hmm. um bisping was doing a lot like you said from the outside he was i saw a lot of low kicks from him um and and kind of picking uh picking latest apart and he would land really hard on latest but latest would no sell uh you know the headshots right latest would land on on bisping and you know it, it it was very back and forth there's a lot of ways you can score a fight like this, and that's what makes yeah. our sport so hard, is that you can look at it from so many ways. I could sit here and say, oh, look how good Bisping's movement is, and he, oh my god, he barely even got hit this fight, and he's, right. he's picking him apart. And, or you can look at it more my perspective is Bisping's running. Mm-hmm. He's trying so hard not to get hit that he's not hitting enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just felt that he was a little, 
you know, timid. I felt like he wasn't, and you know, this is Bisbing, so it's not that he was timid to his own style because mm-hmm. this is normally what we see, I feel like. Yeah. But in the sense, in the grand scheme of things, he just seemed much less offensive than Latis. And that's why I get mm-hmm. to Latis. And like much I, less offensive. Yeah. <laughs> he was more palatable. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. You it was, was not on the offenses. That's been, you know, partially a, a style of his for, for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it reminded me back of the, uh, back to the, the Matt Hamill match mm-hmm. from many, many years ago. Um, I, I think he's a bit more aggressive when, uh, bit more aggressive when he when he needs to be and by that what i mean is when he faces guys um specifically even wrestlers he he has to he realizes he has to step up and, and take it to them not that he doesn't in his other matches but right. I, you know i think about um the chael sonnen fight um even i i, I wish I, I remember the everyone remembers the knockout in the dan henderson fight you mm-hmm. know um but there's i, I think a certain sense uh, a higher sense of priority uh, when he's facing guys like that, and that could just be that could you know that can be his style. I compare him to Leona Machida. I think they're similar in the way that they play the outside, but they still score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they score points, yeah, and it works for him because he's he's got a pretty good track going. Um, so, like I said, I would have given it to Tails latest, but I could see how you could give it to Michael Bisbing based mm-hmm. on a slightly different judging criteria. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, that being said, can we do some afterbuzz predictions? Give it to us here. And now. You're oh. TV. oh, you guys on iTunes, you guys are missing out because even in the back of the studio here, we got lights. This thing, this I mean, is so cool. It's us here. You can see it in YouTube land. It's but, Halloween. Oh, man. In from August or serious, July. What month are we in? We're in July. July. <laughs> uh, Afterwards, predictions. So next week, we have for the main event of the evening. Who do we have? TJ Dillashaw versus Hannah Brow, number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me. Okay. Trying to pull him up here. You you talk. I'm going to go. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw. Fourth round TKO. Oh, God. Fourth. I think we're going to have to see four rounds. You're very specific about this. I am very specific about this. Uh, here we go. Dillashaw versus Burrell. I think Dillashaw is going to come out. Chicago. His, his Energizer Bunny self, like we saw him the last couple times. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be cocky. I think he's going to be confident. And I think he's going to dance and dance and dance for four rounds until he finally feels like putting Hannah Burrell out of his misery. You don't think that the... Uh, I'm, I'm looking up right now. I want to try to remember how long it's been. Um, it's been a while. May 2014, the uh, from their their first fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that time, obviously, Barrow has not fought. He was, they were supposed to rematch. Dillashaw uh, fought. Dillashaw fought. And our SoCal friend. Yeah, Joe Soto in August 2014. So mm-hmm. uh, Barrow has been out for over a year. Mm-hmm. And granted, August, uh, when he was supposed to fight and, and get his rematch, he didn't get it. Do you think that that time off, even though that was kind of a low point, obviously, you think mm-hmm. that time off has hindered him? I think it might have helped him. I think it's given him enough time to regroup. Hey, maybe, maybe, but I, yeah. don't, I don't think he's good enough to beat TJ Dillashaw because I didn't think he was good enough a year ago. Um, Actually, I think I was sold on TJ Dillashaw after that fight. So let yeah, me, I'm sure you were. I'm sure let afterwards. me not be... Let me be fair. Mm-hmm. I might have thought Hannah Brown was going to win before he lost. But then when he lost... I got on the TJ Dillashaw bandwagon, and he's been looking great ever since. Not that he's had too many fights. He's just had the Joe Soto fight. But like I said, I think TJ Dillashaw is one of the best right now. Mm-hmm. I think he has the best footwork in all of 
UFC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say him and him and DJ probably have two of the best footwork. Mm, yeah. Um, they, they, they move and they move and they move, but he's a guy when he moves, he still picks you apart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dillashaw definitely is is riding on momentum as far as uh, the career goes. Burrell has something to prove. Yeah. Um, and I think even this is going to be a bit a bit strange of a, a reach, but even with all of uh, everything we've seen recently with uh, Jose Aldo and the UFC, mm-hmm. um, not that the two are absolutely connected, but um, I believe you know uh, being teammates. Um, this is kind of, I feel like we've kind of uh, pit, not we, but the UFC and a lot of Brazilian fighters have pitted themselves against each other here. Um, and Barrao now has something to prove, you know, on behalf of Brazilian fighters. Yeah. To get that back. I think they both have a lot of stake. I think it's a fight that's going to be entertaining because they both have a lot at stake. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot in this fight in the making, a lot of drama, a lot of juice, a lot of guts. And hey, I'd be happy with either one being the winner, to be honest. But I think Tito Dillashaw. In the co-main event, because I know that we can't get away uh, from a women's match without talking about it, Misha Tate at 16-5 and five versus Jessica I, 11-2. What do you think is going to happen there? Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Really? Yeah. Misha Tate's going to kick Jessica I's butt. Then you're going to give Jessica I to Holly Holm, and we're going to have a great match. <laughs> and then what happens to Misha? Uh, you get. Uh, she gets the next. She uh, gets next shot. the TriStar, TriStar, three time, three time against Ronda Rousey. TriStar, you mean the the, yeah, the trilogy? The trilogy. Of, she, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she she gets anything with try. Gets, I think means three. So we'll go with that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So she'll get the. She trilogy hasn't won bout. any stars against Ronda that's though true. in that storyline. No. I I give her the trilogy bout. When are you gonna do it? When are you, now's the time. Does anybody want to do it besides Misha and Brian Caraway? Okay, that's three people. Really? You want to see Misha and Ronda again? Yes. Okay. Because I think we're getting closer every time. Not that I How want... How many times is it going to take not that to I, get to a split? In MMA, we all know that the limit you're allowed to fight somebody else is three. We all know that. Is That's that not the case? A, it's, not, it's not a rule written down in a book, but Tell it's, that to Tim, Sylvia, and Andre Arlovsky. All right. That's maybe <laughs> one exception. But besides that... They're allowed to fight three times, and once that is over, you put her in the grave and you say bye-bye. But the third time is supposed to be the rubber match, which means that it's in the middle. It can bounce back and forth because each fighter already has one win, and that's the decider there. That's true. That third rubber match. Give her one Not more. Not the case for I this one. I still say give her one more. She got really close, and everybody else got beat in the first round. Misha has all this ammo. Misha's studying. She's sitting at home plotting because she knows what Ronda's like in the fourth round, and she's going to go there again. I don't know, maybe not. I was going to say, you've become more of a pro wrestler than ever before, which <laughs> terrifies me. <laughs> Guys, I don't even know. We Let's, will see you later. We got two more shows. Two, then we'll take a break. Two more, two more, two more. Bye, guys. <laughs> Hang on a second. Your social media. Oh, Give find it up. me at Tough Daria. Everywhere. Also, uh, of course, JTAN716 all over your social media. And a big shout out to Michael's custom. Michael's Crass Custom Framing in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, My stuff looks fantastic, guys. Thank you very much. Peace. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.
The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.